the leader in arcade game manufacturing, is bringing the fun home. Located just outside of Buffalo in Clarence, New York, Innovative Concepts in Entertainment, better known as ICE, has been producing some of the world's finest arcade games since 1982. Now, ICE is making some of your favorite arcade games available to you in a home-friendly size and price. With games like the ever-popular bubble hockey classic Super Checks Pro, as well as its handsome cousin, Super Kicks Pro, the domed soccer favorite, ICE has your home arcade needs covered. Super Checks not your thing? Why not take home ICE's home alley roller game, Ice Ball Pro, or their home basketball game, NBA Game Time Pro? All these games are fully customizable with LED kits as well as your favorite team's logo. And for the traditional gamer, ICE offers some of your favorite classic arcade games built into a sturdy, stand-up cabinet. Enjoy Miss Pac-Man and Galaga, or Arcade Classics 3 with over 130 preloaded games including Asteroids. ICE also offers great pinball machines with popular titles such as Star Wars, Marvel, and Stranger Things. Find all these games and contact info at HomeArcadeGames.com. Again, that's HomeArcadeGames.com. ICE Games, the coolest games on earth. The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-Radio.com. Trust the process? Do you respect the process? Welcome, everybody, to the twenty twenty one. Network and Friends Ultimate Mock Draft. I'm Brian Finch, your co-host of Process in the Process. I'll be acting as the commissioner of this, and I'll be drafting for the Cincinnati Bengals, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With me today are a whole host of talented football minds who have been tasked with making all 32 first-round draft selections in the 2021 NFL Draft. Let's introduce you to your mock draft selectors. Picking first for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Max Owens from Buffalo Rumblings. Picking second, 23rd and 26th for the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns is Matt Johnson from Two Point Conversation. Picking third and 17th for the 49ers and the Raiders is Derek Jaws from Hats, Tats, and Stats. Picking fourth and 29th for the Falcons and the Packers is Edward Jesse from Two Point Conversation. Picking 6th, 8th, 18th, and 28th for the Dolphins, Panthers, and Saints is Andrew Lenz. Picking 7th, 15th, and 30th for the Lions, Patriots, and Bills is Ryan Holt-Bailey from Process in the Process. Picking 9th and 19th for the Broncos and the Washington football team is Matt Van Houten from the Men's Locker Room. Picking 10th and 27th for the Cowboys and the Ravens Bryce Benjamin from Sports Your Enthusiasm. Picking 11th and 22nd is Austin Elm from Hat Stats and Stats for the New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans. Picking 12th and 31st for the Eagles and the Chiefs is Nick Yelich from Hat Stats and Stats. Picking 20th is also Andrew Lenz 
for the Chicago Bears. And picking 24th for the Pittsburgh Steelers is also Andrew Lentz. And Brandon Rogers from Colts fan in Bills land is picking for the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Colts. Pick 13, 16, and 21 respectively. I thank all of you for participating in this awesome crossover podcast event. And with that being said, let's get this draft started. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars are proud to select with the easiest pick of the draft, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. The New York Jets are now on the clock. All right. With the second overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select quarterback Zach Wilson. The third pick, the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock. With the third overall pick in the 2021 draft, the San Francisco 49ers select quarterback from North Dakota State, Trey Lance. With the fourth pick, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. The Atlanta Falcons select with the fourth overall pick, tight end Kyle Pitts. With the fifth pick, the Cincinnati Bengals have traded with the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are now on the clock. With the fifth pick in the draft, the Denver Broncos select quarterback Mac Jones. With the sixth pick, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jamar Chase, wide receiver, Louisiana State University. With the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. With the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. With the eighth pick, the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. With the eighth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Jalen Waddell, wide receiver, out of Alabama. With the ninth pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select offensive tackle, Penny Sewell, Oregon. With the 10th pick, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. 10th pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, Dallas Cowboys select J.C. Horn, defensive back. With the 11th pick, the New York Giants are on the clock. With the 11th pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the G-Men, New York football Giants select Defensive back, Patrick Sertain, Alabama. With the 12th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. 
the 12th overall pick in the 2021 draft, the Philadelphia Eagles are proud to select out of the University of Alabama, the better Alabama University, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Heisman Trophy winner. With the 13th pick, the Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. With the 13th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. With the 14th pick, the Minnesota Vikings select offensive tackle Christian Derrissaw. With the 15th pick, the New England Patriots are on the clock. With the 15th pick, the New England Patriots select Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. You know, I had a hard time handing this ticket in, but uh, with the 16th pick, the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select cornerback Greg Newsom. With the 17th pick, the Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a wild, uh, <clears throat> wild week in uh, Sin City here. Uh, with the uh, what, what are we? What, seven, 17th, 17th overall pick in the 20. 2021 20, uh, with the 2021 draft uh we're the raiders still right uh, the raiders select safety trayvon morig where the hell's he play hey man where's he play whatever uh, trayvon morig safety with the 18th pick miami dolphins are on the clock with the 18th pick in the 2021 nfl draft the miami dolphins select Najee Harris, running back, out of the University of Alabama. With the 19th pick, the Washington football team is on the clock. With the 19th pick in the 2021 draft, the Washington football team selects linebacker Zaven Collins, Tulsa. With the 20th pick, the Chicago Bears are on the clock. With the 20th pick of the 2021 draft, the Chicago Bears select offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins. With the 21st pick, the Indianapolis Colts are on the clock. With the 21st pick, 2021 NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select defensive end Quiddy Pay from Michigan. With the 22nd pick, the Tennessee Titans are on the clock. With the 22nd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select wide receiver Rondale Moore from Purdue. With the 23rd pick, the New York Jets are on the clock. With the 23rd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Travis Etienne, running back Clemson. With the 24th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. With the 24th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select cornerback Cabe Farrelly from Virginia Tech. With the 25th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars trade with the Baltimore Ravens for offensive tackle Orlando Brown 
the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. And with the 25th pick, the Baltimore Ravens select defensive end slash linebacker Jalen Phillips, the U. With the 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns are on the clock. With the 26th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select linebacker Jeremiah Owuzo-Koromoa. With the 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. With the 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens select Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman, USC. With the 28th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select defensive end Gregory Rousseau from the University of Miami. With the 29th pick, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock. Green Bay Packers select with the 29th overall pick, wide receiver Kadarius Toney. With the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills are on the clock. With the 30th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, our Buffalo Bills select Aziz Ojolari, Edge, Georgia. With the 31st pick, the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. With the 31st pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs, based out of Missouri, not Kansas, are going to select Wyatt Davis, offensive lineman from the Ohio State University. With the 32nd pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers send pick 32 to the Miami Dolphins. With the 32nd pick, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. With the 32nd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Joseph Osai, a linebacker from Texas University. And that's it. Great job, guys. Fantastic picks all around. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, let's go around the room real quick, and we'll have everybody plug their podcast. So we'll start with Matt Johnson. Matt, tell people oh. where to find you. Oh, Jesus. There's not enough time on this episode for all that. <laughs> um, all right. So the what brought me to the dance, I have two football podcasts that I'm very, very proud to be a part of, the Two Point Conversation. Uh, they could be found on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Also along with that, my co-host, uh, Brandon, down there. We are the Colts fans in Bill's land, surviving uh, surviving all you raucous and rowdy Buffalo Bills uh, mafia members. You can find us uh, every Tuesday. Excuse me. We drop new episodes for that. So, All right. Ed, you got anything to plug? The only thing I have to plug is all you amazing people. That is it. You're going to plug all of us amazing people? That's a little weird, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I did not that, sign that up for that. That is the point yeah, of the podcast that I do, the Ed Jesse Encounter. All it does is promote you, so that's what I do. There you go. Oh, oh, promote. All right, plugging, plugging. Okay, you know, <laughs> different right <drag it> <laughs> You know it's okay. I thought I thought we were uh, you know little doing some adulting, but you know it's cool. It's cool. We can take it back. We can take it back. 
You came out in a robe, all right? You, you, set, the, you set the tone there, sir. You set the tone. I, mean, I was comfortable, bro. I was comfortable. All right? I just had a 12-hour shift. My clothes is tight at work. I didn't know what I had to do. All right, all right. <laughs> right. T- tell the folks where they can find you. What's going on, everybody? Sports your enthusiasm. You can find us, pushstartmedianetwork.com, and all of your favorite podcasting sites there. Thank you. Perfect. Matt Van Hooten, what you got for the folks? All right. Um, let's check out the men's locker room. It's me and two, two of my best buds. Drop every Friday, Spotify, Apple, everything else. And who doesn't want to listen to a podcast with this glorious mustache? Hey, there it is. I'm I'm here for it. Ryan, tell the folks where to find you. Uh, you can find me on this podcast. This is dropping for processing, right? Yeah, yeah, processing. Yeah, can... yeah. and anyone's well, anyone can share this episode on their pod if they want. I mean, if, if if you're listening this far, then you know where to find me. So, yep, processing the process. There you go. And uh, check out the hats, tats, and stats, guys doing phenomenal work as well and last but certainly not least brandon let the fine folks know where they can find that suit i mean find you <laughs> well you know me and my partner matt over here uh colts fans and bills lands talking about the uh the eight hole bills fans and uh the glorious team that rocks white and blue in the afc south go colts boo bills that's the name of the game <laughs> all right then calling a shot well, honestly, guys, thank you all for making this awesome cross-podcast event come um, just come off so great. Uh, it's good to have a good community of, of uh, great sports fans, football fans, supporting each other. So uh, let's all keep it up, and uh, good luck to all your teams out there in the upcoming draft. And uh, until next time, keep on processing that process. With us today, um, processing the process, we have two special guest analysts, Max Owens from Buffalo Rumblings and my good friend, Matt Johnson from the Two Point Conversation. Boys, how are we doing? Good, good, man. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having us on. Of course. Yeah, I'm doing well, doing well. So, obviously, Max and Matt uh, <laughs> both had their own picks made. Uh, Max, unfortunately, you had the probably most boring of all the picks, right? <laughs> with, 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 t- with taking Trevor Lawrence. No, no uh, surprises there. So, why don't we just start there uh, with Max's pick at Jacksonville, and then we'll move over to uh, Matt, who is actually the very next pick with the Jets. Oh. So, uh, Max... <laughs> Why is it Trevor Lawrence clear in a way for anyone that doesn't know by now? Right. So I feel like we have talked about Trevor Lawrence for so long that he almost gets under talked to this point in the draft process. Right. So right now we're hearing about the Mac Jones, the Trey Lance and uh, the Justin Fields of the world. And we're not really talking about Trevor Lawrence as much because he's been such a lock for the first overall pick for about what seems like the greater part of two years now. Uh, what makes Trevor Lawrence so special is the fact that he has such a high floor and such a high ceiling. Uh, you throw his tape on, he's a six six dude that probably runs close to 4-4s, four I'd have to imagine, based on just watching him. Uh, he didn't work out and didn't run on the pre-draft process, but I would imagine that he's, he's pushing 4-4. Four, four. 
you're working with a guy who's a great athlete. He's got a great head between his shoulders. He, he knows exactly what he's doing between the ears. Uh, his arm strength is off the charts. And I think that people at times just seem to overthink him. Like uh, people are very enamored with Zach Wilson, with Zach Wilson. Uh, for obvious reasons, he makes things look super exciting. He makes things look makes impossibly difficult things look easy at times. Uh, but what Trevor Lawrence does that nobody else does in this class is he makes every single thing he does look so simple to him. Everything from working on script to working off script to working out of the pocket, every single thing he does looks like he has a plan intact in his head. He knows he's cerebral against defenses. And yeah, like there are times when he looks bored on film. That's just, that's the way it is. Like he's facing ACC defenses at the end of the day and he's far and away the best player on the field every time he touches the field. Uh, that's why Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick. And that's why he's felt like he's been a lock for that position ever since he was a freshman at Clemson. Man, I, not much that we can add it into this, but uh, no, it, it, they're calling him the best, court, you know, quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and perhaps even better. So, as a, as as the resident Colts fan here in Western New York, yes, uh, you know, in all these podcasts, yeah, how could you not? Like, it, it's there's no debating. No, I'm excited for him. He's already getting endorsements. Uh, I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence and his his tenure. Yeah, the coolest thing I heard so far coming out of the Trevor Lawrence camp is. Jaguars fans started like flooding him with like donations, like crazy amounts. And he immediately took all that money and just sent it right back to Jacksonville. And yeah. like, it was like, I don't be sending this up to me that just keep it in Jacksonville. So he's already yeah. buying into that. And that's awesome. So absolutely. Very easy pick. Uh, it's actually a really good guy to root for. He just, he seems like a real likable dude. I like this honesty. That was my favorite thing about him so far is he came out and they, they, like the people saying like, Oh, he doesn't have the fire of everyone else. He doesn't have right. chip on his shoulder. It, I, I, I think it's better for him that way. I think a lot of times, it, this is just my observation, people get so wrapped up in what they do that it's almost a disservice to them, right? People get wrapped up and, you know, oh, I'm the best at this and I'm the best at that. Football defines me and everything I am as a person. And it becomes a detractor eventually. And it makes you almost a marked man, I think, in a way, too. People yeah. are just waiting for you to fail. I don't. I haven't seen one person say a bad negative thing about Trevor Lawrence's character. Everybody's rooting for him, yeah. and hopefully, you know, I again, being uh, all eyes on the AFC South. Often, I just, I really hope Jacksonville realizes what they have coming his way or coming their way, and 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 build around and 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 be something. Yeah, you know, this is a just a wonderful opportunity that was. Uh, the Jets just let just handed it to him they had to go they just had to go and beat the rams and they're like carol here you go jacksonville you can have trevor lawrence so it, hopefully they take full advantage of it and, and you know i'm excited for him one final parting gift from adam gase yeah not getting trevor lawrence what a guy <laughs> <laughs> that sealed his fate right there uh so we'll go to pick number two here zach wilson is selected by our own matt johnson uh for the new york jets and let's start with matt on this one matt Reasons behind drafting Zach Wilson instead of a Justin Fields, instead of a Trey Lance, or even if you force me to talk about him, a Mac Jones. Uh, the hype right now is behind Zach Wilson going to the Jets. You know, a few months ago, prior to Zach Wilson's pro day, it was 
Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I'm not even quite sure where Zach Wilson fit in all that. Um, but he had a really great pro day, and it just goes to show you how, you know, what one a, a moment, a, a day, an opportunity to kind of showcase your stuff. He had that really amazing cross, you know, cross-body throw. He went yeah. through, like, the bootleg out to the left and threw a cross. Crazy good throw. Um, and usually I don't take too much stock in just guys just throwing the ball with no defenders because there's not a whole lot to it. But the mechanics on that were great, and it was on the money. So it was very, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just don't think at this point there's any there's any swerve coming. I, th- I think it's just fully expected that Zach Wilson is the, the, possibly the second, but, you know, probably the second best one uh, in this class. Right? It's been Trevor Lawrence on an island of his own, and then Zach Wilson's, I think, the, probably the – could be the best of the rest yeah who knows yeah. but um but yeah i just felt very strongly that you know he's gotta go to the jets yeah ryan and i got on that zach wilson train early on in the college season uh it was just a guy that just showed up with the wild arm talent just especially in out of that package he's not a big guy he's not no. your classic six five you know as um max was saying trevor looks the part you know, Trevor Lawrence, when you look at him, it was like, oh, yeah, clear. Like, ask, the, ask what, what do you think he does for a living? Yeah, he clearly looks like a quarterback. <laughs> you ask what Zach Wilson does for a living, people are like, I, I don't know, um, counting? Right. You know counting? <laughs> maybe a track and field. He just kind of has that yeah, maybe. vibe of a track yeah, and maybe field he's, star, yeah, he looks he, like. He's a triple jump specialist. Yeah, 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 absolutely. A third alternate for the Olympics in <laughs> Beijing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, big time Zach Wilson fan. I'm pretty sure I know where Max falls in this. Uh, I never got any official rankings, any big board out of you, Max, but I think you had Justin Fields higher than Zach Wilson. Am I, am I thinking right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did. Um, to me, it doesn't really matter what I think because I do think that come Thursday that the Jets are going to pick Zach Wilson second overall. And I understand the – the want to do that by them. I understand what they see in him. I get all that stuff. Uh, I understand the aesthetically pleasing throws that he that he puts together and how he works off script and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the wild plays he can put together. I, I get it. I really do. I just, to me, Justin Fields is a player that in most drafts to, should go number one overall just by watching his tape and what you see on film. I the whole progressions thing came out and into the media a couple like a month or so ago and it just kind of like filled social media for such a time and you put on his film and you actually watch his film that like those things aren't happening you're seeing him look off defenders against Clemson and uh, the college football playoff and him throwing maneuvering the pocket never dropping his eyes and throwing a 65 yard laser down the field to me, like people are just overthinking Justin Fields so much, and uh, I get it. Like, and it sounds like Justin Fields isn't even going to go third overall at this point. So, I, I get, I get the Zach Wilson hype. I he's my QB three. I I enjoyed watching his film. I get it. I just think that the concerns with Zach Wilson making the jump was such a good offensive line at BYU. Like, it's not his fault he had a good, great offensive line at BYU, but there are concerns about how he's gonna react to that step up in competition like they didn't play anyone markedly good this year they played coastal carolina and he didn't play his particularly best game in that matchup uh and he this is his one breakout year justin fields has been putting together some remarkable 
performances and stat lines and in the biggest games of that you can possibly play in in college football. And that's why I have Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson. But I do understand why the Jets uh, like the appeal of uh, Wilson at two overall. Well, he's got head headband swag. You know what I mean? Justin Fields don't have he does. <laughs> no, he doesn't have headband swag. Uh, I'm with you. I, I also have uh, Justin Fields technically as my number two quarterback, but they're so close. They're so close. I don't. I don't want to read too much into Zach Wilson's, you know, lack of competition as much as like we were. We've had to reevaluate this ever since one uh, JA seventeen for the Buffalo Bills arrived on scene. Now all of a sudden, everyone's starting to second guess things. Like uh, Zach Wilson. Oh, he 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 can jump Justin Fields, even though Justin Fields has done it longer at higher competition on bigger stages. But Zach Wilson, you can overlook some things just because the anomaly that is Josh Allen exists. So when you get the arm talent, you get the athleticism. Now you can start out um, the scale kind of shifts where now that you can weigh that more than you can for other things like the competition doesn't matter as much now or even the, the, the record or even at times it seemed like Trey Lance was getting pushed on us and I'm like, guy has 17 starts 17 starts as a collegiate quarterback is not enough starts that's that's five extra games like it's a season and five games like that's nothing to to draft a guy on so Zach Wilson to me seems legit I think Justin Fields will go third to the San Francisco 49ers and that's where we will go right now so our good friend Derek Jaws from Hats Tats and Stats had pick three with the San Francisco 49ers, and he selected Trey Lance. Where do we see that going, though? Like, I thought it was going to be Justin Fields the whole time. I thought we knew what it was going to be, and he ends up taking Trey Lance, the bigger project quarterback. Max, why why Trey Lance? If I force you to give a reason why you take Trey Lance over Justin Fields, why is it why is it Trey Lance? Um I think that's a great question. I'm asking myself the same thing, to be quite honest. Uh with the report that came back came out from Ian Rapport, uh about why it's the two headed race between Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields isn't even involved in that conversation at three anymore. Uh I don't get it personally, but I like I you can understand the appeal of, of Trey Lance, right? Because you see a lot of that those Josh Allen uh, tendencies at an FCS school. He doesn't have a lot of playing experience. The huge arm talent is is there. It's on display. It's right in front of you. You can see it plain as day. He throws the hardest ball in this class. I think it's. He, I think that I don't even think that's a question. I think he throws the hardest ball in this class. Uh, he might have the best arm talent. And he has insane athleticism for a quarterback. He probably he's a better he's the best runner in this class uh, at the at, at the position. So you can understand those things. Uh, he's my QB four personally. I get the appeal, but the things that scared me with him are when he was playing his one big season at North Dakota State. There's a big mix to me of uh, 
overaggressiveness and timidness in his tape. And I don't really know how to read that, to be honest. Uh, there's that mix kind of makes me nervous because there's no like consistent, like he's not consistently timid. He's not consistently overaggressive. He's just a consistent mix of the two. So I don't really know how to read that. He's there's times when players are breaking off their stem in the middle of the field and he just doesn't throw the, the ball. And then there's other times where he's forcing the ball in between three defenders. So I, for to me, I couldn't read. I can't get a read on that, but I can recognize what the talent that's in front of me. I can recognize the upside that's there with someone who's only started one full season in college at the FCS level. So I get all those things, um, and I can certainly say that I'd pick Trey Lance over Mac Jones, even though I would put Trey Lance closer to the Mac Jones tier than I would the Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence tier. Uh, but I ser- I understand the talent and I understand why that's appealing. Um, I hope that that's the pick over Mac Jones in reality, but well, I guess we'll have to see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, uh, Matt, I-, I I know you come in this a little backwards, where maybe Max and myself and and Ryan obviously we 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 watched the collegiate gameplay, yeah. but but you've been dialed in for many weeks now, many many weeks now. So your feel on Trey Lance and how he ends up with San Francisco and projecting, what, what does that mean for the 49ers going into the future? Uh, it's, it's weird. Cause obviously you said, right. He's, he's, he's a pretty big project. He's a project. Uh, a lot of reps behind. He's Kyle he's Shanahan doesn't know reps. if all of us are going to be alive on Sunday. So like <laughs> he said that he said it today. He doesn't know if everybody's going to be alive on Sunday and, uh, when I have to ask about Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I don't know how, like, how urgently he wants this quarterback, you know, to kind of be ready. Sure. Uh, is he comfortable with Jimmy G for now? I, 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 you don't know. There's right. been so many reports over the last couple of years that maybe he's willing to take on a bit of a project. I, I, I don't understand why Justin Fields has fallen so, fall, fall so much in everybody's eyes. That's the big question because – you know, I thought he played, you know, and again, I'm not the biggest college football guy, but he played very well in the college, you know, playoffs. So, uh, I, you know, there's that Ohio State stigma. And, right. and I, that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you can't blame, put it on him for everything. I, I personally, I did I mock? I might have mocked just that. I should have. If I didn't, I should have putting Justin Fields here. Like, I, I don't see, I really don't think Mac Jones belongs as a top three pick. Um, and yeah, like Trey Lance, I personally had him going to like New England at 15. Yeah. Personally. So, yeah, but yeah, he's definitely the, the guy that he's the dark, the dark horse in it, but he's not a true dark horse in the way that no one saw him coming. Everyone knew he was coming. It's just, he's a dark horse in the way that if he ends up starting next year, and this is the only way that he's a dark horse. If he ends up starting next year for the Niners and wins the job away from Jimmy G, that's what I don't see coming. It's not that I don't think Trey Lance can work two years from now, three years from now, when he's got enough reps and enough understanding of the position. I mean, honestly, with 15 or 17 starts at the collegiate level, like even collegiate ball, you don't understand your position. True. You know what I mean? That's entirely true. But he, he does have one thing that the other guys don't. He has more starts, more reps under center than anyone else in the class, which is a unique thing to always remind yourself of. 
some teams care a lot about that and other teams don't at all. So, and I think obviously if he, if he is getting picked up by San Francisco here, yeah. you know, Shanahan's a, a fantastic developer of quarterbacks. Well, okay. well, well, hold on. Let me reel that back. <laughs> uh, before San Francisco, he's been a fantastic developer of quarterbacks. He does find a way. I wouldn't say necessarily developing, but he definitely finds a way of giving that quarterback the giving best the most, chance. Right. Exactly. He, find, he, he plays with their strengths. He yeah. hides their weaknesses. Exactly. You know what I mean? We all know Jimmy G is not the most prolific passer. And guess what? He, you know, when they made that Super Bowl run, they went heavy in the run game, and they used Jimmy G as they needed. As they needed. Right. So. Yep. I like it. Uh, so then number four is the Atlanta Falcons. It was selected by our own Eddie from the two-point conversation. Eddie did not stray away from Kyle Pitts. He fell in love. He told me this actually a couple of weeks ago, that he's been in love with Kyle Pitts for a long time. So he does not go quarterback here, and he goes ahead and takes the best non-quarterback, best non-defender in the class, and it's probably not yeah. close. I, I See, I was trying to justify not taking – I mean, obviously we all know how great Kyle Pitts is, right? That He's very, very highly touted. If this wasn't such a quarterback meaty uh, you know, year in a quarterback heavy draft class, he'd probably be – he might be a number one or a number two. Yeah. But like it, it's it's so weird because Atlanta's issues are not on offense, right? We all we're all very aware of that. Matt Ryan and and the off for the most part. I mean, not, not so much the run game, but uh, it, passing game. They've been one of the best. Matt Ryan's been consistently, you know, a top ten quarterback I think throughout his career. Yeah. And it's like, oh, do they really need this? They really need some defensive pieces. Like that's that's where their issues been. The defense has cost them so so many games. But it's like, uh, but who are you gonna take on the defensive side? this high when Kyle Pitts is sitting right there. Like I was just trying to like really like their true, true, true needs. You know, I feel like they can get by on the kind of offense that they've been running, but I mean, Pitts adds a whole nother element, right? I'm excited for that. I think it's an excellent weapon for Matt Ryan to use for, you know, his remaining years, whoever the the eventual successor will be, sure. uh, which Atlanta will probably draft next year. I would, it wouldn't surprise me unless they do some kind of weird trade up situation, but they have, I think they have some cap space issues. They got to work out. So it'll probably be another year before they take their, um, their possible successor. I, I, Matt Ryan's got a lot in the tank and we all seen how, what a star he made out of Austin Hooper, right? Austin right. Hooper. I think I would say he regressed last year. So I think Kyle Pitts is the perfect quarterback to come into it. It just makes too much sense at this point. Max, your thoughts. Uh, I obviously, I think you would have liked to see them take quarterback, I bet. Um, but as far as, uh, Bill's fans, right. We're, we're very excited that he is not going to a division foe and he's not going to the AFC. So cool. We're happy with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Pitts, Pitts is, uh, he's a, he's a one-timer. You only get one shot at a player like, like Pitts. Uh, and like Matt was saying, this is a guy who could be, who realistically is the first or second best player in in this class. I mean, you can make probably make an argument. He's the best player in this class with Trevor Lawrence. You can probably put him right up there. Uh, Atlanta is such an interesting team to me. Like, I really do think that the draft starts here as far as like, where's this team going to go with a position? Like this is where it really starts. Cause this feels like a trade back scenario, but it doesn't seem like there's been no smoke behind that, which really fascinates me uh and it makes me kind of think that they might pick a quarterback but that hasn't been a buzz either the buzz is kind of behind Kyle Pitts right now so it's it's really fascinating to me 
uh, like Matt was saying, this defense needs has needs uh, on all three levels. Uh, and linebacker's pretty good. He had Deion Jones and uh, Foyasad Aluakon. Um, but corner, safety, uh, edge rusher, these these are positions that are depleted on this football team right now. These are, like Matt said, these are, these are positions that cost some games. Um, so it's a really, really interesting team to me. Kyle Pitts is definitely a luxury pick for a team that has uh, – Julio, who has been in some trade whispers, but I'm I'm not sure that's happening this year. Uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, you still have Hayden Hurst on the team. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see what they actually do. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if they don't pass on Kyle Pitts because, you know, it's Kyle Pitts and this, right. this dude's going to like – like, you don't see uh, tight ends come in the league and light it up, but if there ever was going to be one, I think – think it would be Kyle Pitts so I get it and if it does happen I won't be shocked but this is a really interesting team that they're not being uh, mentioned in trade backs because of the defensive deficiencies that we just touched on it I could see right I mean that's every reason to trade back the every reason to trade back is because you don't feel great about the value and you would also have a bunch of teams pounding down the door at a big begging you to trade the fourth pick so that they could have a chance of drafting a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, you know, one of those players. I get that. I mean, even a team, I guess, would call and say, I want Kyle Pitts. <laughs> but if you're Atlanta, you don't trade away from Kyle Pitts. No. You just don't. It, you you will never be able to, to – ex- the only – you either take Kyle Pitts or you take Justin Fields or, the, or, or Trey Lance, one of yeah. those two. Because- this is a – it's weird to say, but it's a, he's a generational tight end talent. And, like, yeah. there was a lot of hype behind Hawkinson a couple years ago, and he's been a slow build, but it was nothing like it is for Pitts. Exactly. Not not even yeah. remotely close. You yeah. can't. You just can't. Yep. So, I, for one, do actually hope that the Falcons do it. I know Ryan, uh, my co-host, is always saying that it needs to be the quarterback, but we just – Man, Ryan's got too much left in the tank. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't say see how you 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 draft. But like people say though, you're how often you're going to be drafting in the top five. And then I always like to say, well, how often is your top five quarterback a hit? You don't always hit just because you're drafting in the top five doesn't mean that the quarterback you take is going to be the hit. Let's say the first three picks go the way that we would do it, which is, um, you take um, Trevor Lawrence, Jack Wilson, and then Justin Fields. Now you're saying, all right, go ahead, Atlanta. Take Trey Lance, who has only started 17 games. Or go ahead and take Mac Jones, who is the, the one of the least athletic quarterbacks to come out in the last few years yeah. of, of a big-time collegiate program like Alabama. So I can't see the justification enough to go ahead and pull the trigger on a quarterback. So I would love this. I think it's... They're they're at like a Atlanta's at like a kind of like an Aaron Rodgers situation right now where it's like yo you got your guy you didn't you know you don't have to take a a Jordan Love here right, right. you know you don't have to take that that potential project you don't have to yeah. Matt Ryan has honestly given you no reason to doubt him yep uh you know no reason to doubt him he gets so un just uh, he gets so such unnecessary hate and I people it's like yo that that defense could. I'm not going to go there, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's bad. Yep. It, it's bad. All right. So that brings us to pick five. This is my first pick of the draft, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And I took this opportunity to field as many calls as I could for the fifth pick, knowing 
that there are two quarterbacks worth trading for. I was able to entice the Denver Broncos to move up. And uh, the, let's see what the exact trade um, was. Let's see. Uh, pick five for pick nine in this draft. The 71st pick in this draft. A 2022 second round pick and a 2023 third round pick. Let's evaluate the Hall first off. Obviously, I will not put my opinion on this because I'm a little biased. But, Max, if this happens, what is your feel on the Hall that is for Cincinnati? Um, I think it's fair. I mean, like, Cincinnati is is also another team that really hasn't gotten much buzz about trading back right now it's presumably everyone's is under the assumption that it's a race between Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase of whoever's going to get picked at five and that's that's really all it it has been talked about for the past what seems like a, a month or two so I think that's a good haul for them I if they if they choose to do so um I think it's I honestly think it's good for both sides that's a good trade yeah wouldn't be mad at for if either either team did that honestly Matt um, let's see. So where was Denver picking at previously? My, they were at ninth. They moved up four spots from ninth to fifth. I feel like they could get Mac Jones at ninth. Right. Personally. Um, but the trade, the trade is fair. And obviously with the way, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, it. It still worked out very well for Cincinnati, but, um, it, it gives me the bears trading up to get Mitch Trubisky vibes a little bit. Like I, I think you don't have to give up all that to get Mac Jones. I get it. Mac Jones is, you know, whatever, just been highly touted, and I get it. We have a bunch of different minds, kind of, kind of doing this thing. Um, if I was Denver, I probably would not have traded it up. That's just me. Yeah, that's just me. I also had Max on on the phone, uh, operating as the Chicago Bears at the time. Um, we ended up swapping out Max for another person to eventually make the pick. But uh, Max was working the phones as the assistant GM. And <laughs> Max uh, really wanted to get it up. He had some really good shots at it. In fact, you actually forced uh, Denver to give up um, an additional pick. That's what I got out of that. So as the, the Cincinnati Bengals GM, I was happy. Uh, to get another pick out of that trade. And then uh, with that pick, as uh, Matt has already alluded to, the Denver Broncos take Mac Jones, which between Trey Lance and Mac Jones, I just don't see Mac Jones landing there. Now, to be honest, um, the owner of the pick said that he wanted to shake it up a bit, and he was tired of seeing the same guys, which I, I, resp- I, I respect. I totally respect. Oh, Absolutely. Um, that was was that Matt. That was Matt. Matt, Matt said, Van Hooten. Yeah, he uh, does not locker room. Yep. He said he does not want to do the same old mock draft. Blah blah blah. Which and I, I was like, yeah. thank you, thank you. No, seriously, yeah. I, I, I'm 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 happy he went that. I mean, shaking it up, mixing it up a little bit because it did. It throws off a lot of things. You have Justin Fields falling another level. Um, you know, in a, another behind another quarterback who I think we all think he should be ahead of. Right. It, it definitely. Uh, it definitely. Through through us for a little loop, so. right? Yeah, so uh, let's move on to pick six. Jamar Chase goes to the Miami Dolphins. Easy so, choice, selected by our great friend Andrew Lenz from the Two Point Conversation. And this is a dream scenario for Miami. 
because they could have gone best offensive tackle on the board. They could have gone with any of the wide receivers on the board. Uh, they go with Jamar Chase, who is my wide receiver one. Um, man, I know you know you don't have a big board, but between Jamar Chase, who did not play last year, and Jalen Waddle, who had a shortened season last year due to injury, which way would you be leaning if you were the Miami Dolphins? Oh, I'm the, I'm in the Jamar Chase camp. I think Andrew nailed it right on the head uh, with this one. I, I, I really do. Uh Hey, just just reading through some of the reports, hearing some stuff and some things. Yeah, it's it's a no brainer that Jamar Chase is ahead of Jalen Waddle in the situation. Everyone listening at home, I need to remind you, he is 20 years old. Jamar Chase is 20 years old. When he broke those records last year with LSU, you know, going bonkers in the championship game, he was 19 years old. Not not old enough to drink in the United States, but old enough to drink in Canada. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Hey, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like you sometimes you want those younger guys. I mean, of course, of course, they got a good head on their shoulders. But how could you not want a guy on the little bit younger side to get some extra mileage out of him? You groom him right out of the gate. Yeah, you got to get some extra extra time out of him that maybe some of these, you know, a little bit older wide receivers or just players in general, sure. uh, they're going to get out of him. So, Max, your thoughts on uh, Jamar Chase taken by the Dolphins? I'm actually going to disagree with you guys a little bit here. I think Jalen Waddle is the best fit for this offense. Uh, I think we saw between Tua at Alabama and Tua in his rookie year with the Dolphins. I think that I think that he needs someone that can separate, and that's their biggest their biggest strength is separation. So I personally have Jalen Waddle as my wide receiver one, and I, if I was the Dolphins, would take Jalen Waddle at six. Uh, I think he's the best separate in this class. I think he's dynamic. He's dynamic dynamic option with Tua and obviously they play together uh in 2019 um so that's who I would take like I get Jamar Chase like I, I he's not my wide receiver one but I I love Jamar Chase my wide receiver too I, I I love everything about him I love how well he tested I love the physicality he plays with I get all that but I think the Dolans have that and that's that's the problem for Tua right now right is that that's all they have uh, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, those guys are guys who want to who want to win the jump ball, who who are gonna go and pluck the ball over other defenders. They're not guys who are known as separation guys. Right. And Tua struggled with that last year, and I think we could see that in 2020 is that he struggled with that idea. So I think the Dolphins have their X, and Devontae Parker is their X, and that's what they want. Right. You get a guy like Jalen Waddle, you can move him mm-hmm. into the slot, you can move him, put him at Z. And he's going to separate for you. You're going to throw him a screen. He he can house it. Like this is a guy who's I love Jalen Waddle, and I I know like his hype has died. I think a little bit because of the fact that he was hurt for the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. But when you watch this guy play, he's insanely explosive. He's a good route runner, and I do not like take Tyreek Hill comps lightly like i will not just throw that around because i know that's a very common thing for people to do and i know what people want to do that for henry ruggs and all kinds of stuff but he if there was ever another tyree kill to come out of the draft i think john waddle is tyree kill and that's the only comp i can you can come up for tyree or for john waddle to me i get it yep so that's that's who i would take at six but obviously jamar chase is a great talent and if you get him you're 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 not even thinking twice about it so Right, I get that you you're saying that you're you're doubling down in a position 
maybe even a way you're kind of tripling down on a position that you already have where you are really struggling with those guys that are going to work in the, in the short to intermediate and the guys that you can design up, you know, maybe some gadget plays or just find a way to get Jalen Waddle the ball in space and just let him take over. Right. Just yeah. separators. That's what this team needs. That's what Tua needs. And I think, I think you could see that. And yeah. I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. Maybe Kyle Pitts falls to them and then it's an easy choice. But if there was, if they just wanted to pick the three receivers, I think Jalen Wild's the dude. Okay. It, I know they're very close. You, you, you look at different uh, big boards and uh, they, they are very mm-hmm. close in grades. In fact, if you were going by numerical um, grading, I would imagine that they're both in the mid eighties and they're, you know, one's 86 and the other one's 84.5. Right. They're both yeah. terrific. They just, they, they just went different ways. Yep. So then pick seven, Justin Fields fall finally stops. And I think it falls at a place that, you know, he's going to come in with the chip on his shoulder. He's going to be pissed off. And uh, I know a head coach who's looking for dudes to be biting kneecaps and uh, he falls to the right team with that, and he goes to the Detroit Lions. Matt, Justin Fields finally gets his home in the Motor City. Your thoughts? Uh, I I feel like it's like if they take a quarterback here, it's, it's almost like an insult like to Jared Goff. You just traded for Jared Goff. He's still young. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's the right move at all. I think you need to get – Jared Goff some help yeah at wide receiver you know depending on how the the board falls a Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase whichever order that they go I think you have to go that route I'm not even I'm not really entirely certain who Detroit is throwing to who Jared Goff will be throwing to this upcoming year I I don't agree with the quarterback uh take here because I I don't know you don't do QB for QB and then just be like yeah you know we didn't really want you but we have you I, I I I don't know Jared Goff is another one who gets just such a bad rap, and I, I, I don't completely understand why. So, but, but that's just me. That's just me. I, I don't think a quarterback here is a good idea. This pick triggered Matt. That's what he just said. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I just feel like it makes Detroit seem inept. I really do. Yeah. There, there was other pieces you could have traded for Matthew Stafford for. Right. You know, on, on that team. A collection of them, maybe some more draft picks, yeah, uh, something. But you, you got Jared Goff. Yeah, let's see how this thing unfolds. I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. I think we put Max in a tough spot here after going from um, talking about how he's got Jalen Waddle over Jamar Chase as his wide receiver one, and now he's going to have to defend the, the his number two quarterback <laughs> finally being taken, but at the same time. Uh, being mad that his wide receiver one wasn't taken. So, so where are you falling here, Max? What, what are you more mad about? I, oh, man, <laughs> another interesting team, right? Like the, the top 10 is so interesting after you get past the first three. I mean, even the, like the 49ers are fascinating, but this is a, another potential trade down team. Um, you like the Lions picking picking a receiver to me would be such a luxury at seven. I just don't see it. Like, I don't see how that – I understand the need. I get why they would want that on their team uh, because it's a huge hole in their team, and that's obvious. But I think that receiver is a bit of a luxury. Uh, obviously, my love for Justin Fields is 
it's unlimited. Like I love Justin Fields, but I just think that uh, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have basically handcuffed themselves to Jared Goff's contract for now. Uh, I don't think that should really shy you away from drafting a Justin Fields most time in most situations. The problem is that they have zero weapons right now, and I think that putting Justin Fields in the spotlight that is just setting a rookie quarterback up for disaster. Uh, I really hope it doesn't happen for Justin Fields' sake because that is how rookie quarterbacks fail is you put them in terrible situations and with zero weapons other than running back and you just hope for the best. I don't think that's how you should run a team. And as much as I love Justin Fields, I don't think it's a good – I just don't see the fit. Uh, I think this is a, probably a trade back team if they can make one if they can make a trade back work, and yeah. this is uh, another team going up for a quarterback. Uh, if Justin Fields goes to the Lions, that's probably like one of the worst fits I can imagine in the first round uh, for any wow. player. So, uh, the Lions are a year or two away from being like, okay, let's draft a quarterback, and like feeling good about that fact. Uh, I think doing it right now is malpractice, and I think you're setting Justin Fields up for failure if you do so. Hmm. Well, you can tell your boy, Ryan Holt Bailey, that you do not like his pick. <laughs> that pick was, that pick was made by our, my own co-host, a process of process. <laughs> and he was at work at the time of making that pick, and he could not wait so he kept he'd be like text me he's like is it my pick i'm like no you're like three away is it my pick no dude you're still like two away <laughs> so then he finally got in and uh and then he he could he loves justin fields so he he thought he had a good team t- um lined up there i don't hate it because i believe in justin fields that much that you you take the the salary hit of jared Goff. And you just deal with it for the next couple of years. And then you make the nice transition to Justin Fields. There's going to be a wide receiver available for Detroit to take in the second round if they want to do so. Yeah, but this is an opportunity to get a potential wide receiver one. You, you, and that's why I'm in the camp. Of, yeah, you purposely traded away from a, a, a no-doubt locked-in playmaker wide receiver. Right. Which is, you know, like I said, you lost Galladay, you lost uh, Marvin Jones, you know, you got Hawkinson right now. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> I Hawkinson's like, to me, is like a Hunter Henry type or like, oh, the potential's there, but still waiting, right. you know? So, yeah. So we moved to pick eight now, and Jalen Waddle finally finds a home. He goes to the Carolina Panthers, and there's one team in the top ten that I could pick out that doesn't have a need for wide receiver, I think this would be the team. Correct. Yeah. So the Carolina Panthers uh, selected by our good friend, Andrew Lenz. Uh, I think Andrew just looked at it possibly as a way of just, you can't pass up the talent. Well, Andrew didn't make this choice. Oh, that's correct. That is true. Yeah. Got to acknowledge that too. Andrew did not make that choice. Um, Yeah. It's, they definitely don't. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think they got, oh, who's the, they got one more, I think. But their offense is, I, I think, in a pretty good spot. Maybe in the trenches they could use a little work here. Yeah. But um, I think Carolina – I think I had Carolina go in defense in my personal in my personal mock draft. I can't remember who off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, wide receiver, no. No, I'm not. Yeah. 
I'm not about that. Yeah, offensive tackle one is still on the board. Best interior guy is still on the board. Uh, you're looking at the linebackers still on the board. Um, edge rushers, cornerbacks. Man, Max, there are there's talent all over the place that they could have gone that would have been better than, than taking uh, Jalen Waddle. But acknowledging that the, that the as you've already said and we've said it for a few minutes now, Jalen Waddle Waddle is elite and he deserves to be taken in the top 10. So thank God he was, but not to the right team. So what do we think of this? Um, right. So uh, it's, it's like, this is like if Jamar Chase fell to the Panthers, it makes a lot more sense than Jalen Waddle. This is not like a team I would picture Jalen Waddle uh, playing for. I think that if Jamar Chase falls, then maybe you got a conversation on your hands. Uh, with Robbie Anderson playing the Z and being your deep threat and DJ Moore shifting to more of a slot only role. Um, or, or mostly slot, at least. Uh, to me, this has got to be tackle. If Penny Sewell is on the board here, you'll have your pick of Penny Sewell and Rayshon Slater if you do like Slater better. Uh, I think it's got to be tackle. They haven't had a left tackle that was, that's was that been any good there. And I, at least I, I got to say, it's got to be, it has to be a decade decade at this point. Uh, I don't think you want Greg Little playing there, and I don't really – I think that's the biggest hole in the team pretty clearly to me is at uh, – other than linebacker. Linebacker maybe is a dark horse for this team. Right. Uh, but I think eight might be a little bit too early for um, Micah Parsons, even though I think he's a great talent. There's some character concerns there and, and whatnot. Uh, I think this has got to be tackle. I think it will be tackle if this is how the board plays out. Uh, they do have some needed receivers past uh, Robbie Anderson and uh, and DJ Moore with Curtis Samuel leaving. Um, so I think I could see it being addressed on day two, like late in day two. Um, but not I'm not seeing the top 10 this year with this, with this team. Uh, unless Jamar Chase, they're in love with Jamar Chase. I don't see it. Uh, I think tackle makes a lot more sense here for this team. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, tra- trading or um, picking away from a, a clear need was tough for me so we'll move to number nine uh pick nine belongs to cincinnati now thanks to the trade and uh i did take offensive tackle penny sewell the cincinnati Bengals get an absolute steal here at pick nine with taking who outside of ranking the quarterbacks is probably the third no worse than fourth best player in this draft class so penny sewell for you how, how are you feeling for myself, how well, I feel? Or yeah, your your evaluation. Then obviously Cincinnati okay. desperately uh, needs so, they desperately need the line work. So absolutely. So Sewell is a guy you're considering taking at five. So the fact that you get him at nine is awesome, and you get the you pick up those extra picks was amazing. Uh, so I think you're doing jumping jacks if you're the Bengals at this point, right? Because this is probably a player that they're going has a pretty good shot of going at five, uh, the way the draft currently stands. Uh, Sewell is Sewell's not he is a tough eval, but at the same time he's not because his breakout year was at 19. He's breaking out as a sophomore, and then he opts out for this season. But then you turn on, you're like, okay, like this guy's played two years of college football. Like, what am I expecting out of this offensive tackle in the Pac-12? And then you put on his tape and he's like, he's killing dudes, he's 19 years old. Like it's ridiculous. Uh he's got strength, he's got power, he's got raw athleticism. I do think he he needs some work, but that's just because 
he's 19 years old, a true sophomore, and he's starting his second year at Oregon. Like, I think he's a great talent. I think he'd be right in the mix to be tech, possibly tackle one in the 2020 draft, which is one of the more historic top of the top offensive tackle drafts we've seen. Um, so I love Penesul. I think you're getting him at nine. That's an awesome value, and you run to the podium if you're there. Right. Yeah, I think it's good that you traded back and you still got him because I think a lot of pe- people are anticipating Cincinnati taking him anyways, right? Right. There's that lovely uh, promotional picture of Joe Burrow with the team, the jerseys, and there's that sweet scar. <laughs> there is that very sweet scar on Joe Burrow's. I'd name. like to ask him, uh, interview him about that scar because I don't have not even close to that scar on my ACL repair. Ooh, it's bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> What kind of surgeon did you go to? <laughs> so pick 10 is owned by the Dallas Cowboys and our good friend Bryce Benjamin gets the pick here. He was, he was chomping at the bit, very active, uh, trying to trade all over the place. He was also involved, believe it or not, with the Cincinnati pick. He wanted in on that trade. He did. Yeah. He he made a good shot at it, but I told him uh, not enough. So he waits uh, for his Ravens to pick later on. Instead, he's got the Cowboys as well. So Bryce from Sports Your Enthusiasm makes the pick at pick 10 for the Dallas Cowboys. And he's got his whole the whole cornerback class to pick from. And he goes with J.C. Horn, the, the late ish riser in this draft process he ends up going ahead of Patrick Chertain ahead of Kale Farley ahead of Craig Newsome so Max where do you have JC Horn and is this too high or do you think that this is well deserved uh I like J.C. Horn. I I do. Uh, he's a press man corner. That's what you want him to do. And if you're not doing that, if you're not using him in that way, I think you're just, you're failing him and his what his abilities are and what his strengths are. Uh, he's he's got the right mentality on the field. Like he he's a dog on the field. He's a great. He's a good solid tackler. Uh, he's got the willingness. He's uh, rocked up, dude. He obviously tested off the charts as pro day. Um, which is going to push him higher, even higher for teams who might have had athletic questions since he plays so much press man at uh, South Carolina. Uh, so if there is a team that's going to draft J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertain, I think it's probably the Cowboys. I think this is such a Jerry Jones pick to me. Like, oh. this just screams Jerry Jones. <laughs> like, he's – because of the character and because of the football – I mean, Sertan and Horn are both football legacy, NFL legacy players. So uh, I guess you can stack those the same. But because of the enigma that is J.C. Horn and the way he carries himself, I just think Jerry Jones is going to eat eat that up. I think he's going to love every second of it. Uh, I do think, like, if the I, the Cowboys are trying to run a cover three scheme, which I think that Horn can do, and if they're running a press cover three, I, I think that Horn can succeed in that area too. Um but you just want to make sure whoever's drafting him, you want to put him in position to be pressing at, at any time you possibly can. Um, I think the Cardinals would be a great fit if for some reason he falls like a few spots, but I think this is a good landing spot for him, to be honest. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it actually happens on draft day. Yeah. 
Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator, um, came from the Seattle roots. So what, where he, they typically run a lot of zone in Seattle with Richard Sherman. They would often scheme up defensive game plans where they ran a, a cover man where they let Sh- Sherman take his dude because they knew what he could do. And then the rest of the team would stick to the zone and it worked. I mean, look, look how dominant those, those teams were for so many years. So, Matt, uh, your thoughts on J.C. Horn going to uh, Dallas and Big Ten? Yeah, it's definitely a uh, out of the – it's it's not everybody – he's definitely not the top of everybody's cornerback level, uh, J.C. Horn is. I, I have him going a little bit later in the first round, but still the first round regardless. Uh, Max is right. This it, it, If it were to happen, it does scream a Jerry Jones. So let's shake things up kind of mentality. You know, just that old soul. Uh, that he is in Dallas. It's it's the right pick as yeah. far as positional needs. Yep. Dallas' need. defense is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Every mock draft you've seen since the season ended, everybody had Dallas taking a cornerback. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, I think if like if Kyle Pitts somehow falls that low, then it, I know Dallas Jerry Jones was mentioned how interested he was in in, in Kyle Pitts, but yeah, it, it, this is the same thing with like Atlanta. Just at Atlanta's in a better spot, but Dallas's defense is the biggest problem. All right, we know that Dak is a very quality core. I, I think he's a pretty quality quarterback. I don't know how you feel ex- about him exactly, but I like Dak. He shouldn't have to throw four and five hundred yard, you know, yard games all the time just right. just for his team to keep up. You know what I mean? We got that defense was really good a couple years ago. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what happened, but this is, I think is a good start towards getting that defense back on track. With you there on that one, um, so we're 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 out of the top ten. So we're gonna just gonna go uh, one opinion at a time here from here on out, and uh, we'll go right back to Matt for this one. The New York Giants uh, select cornerback Patrick Sertain, and that was selected by. Lost it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Who had the Giants? Ah, uh, here we go. Uh, Austin Elm from Hats, Tats, and Stats. Austin Elm, yeah, yep. yep. Thank you, Austin. Um, I think it's, I think it's great. It, it seems very safe, which seems very Gettleman esque, right? And you know that Giants defense was underrated last year. I had so much fun watching the Giants play defense, and I didn't know anybody on that on that side of the ball. I really, truly didn't. Their their pass rush, their front seven. Really, really good. I think this helps, you know, bolster the secondary. Uh, I personally went wide receiver here for the Giants because that's obviously something that they well, they just signed uh, Galladay, but I think it's something that they could use a little, little depth in. But uh, I'm okay taking Patrick Sertain here. Mm-hmm. Um, get, keep keep that defense going. Get that's like Daniel Jones is not like I, the the jury might still be out on Daniel Jones, but your defense has to be able to put him in a situation where well you know maybe he he can pull it out right you have to um so i yeah i'm okay i'm very okay with that pick there yeah and with having the top uh the the top two wide receivers gone obviously kyle pitts is not coming anywhere close to pick 11 no so makes a lot of sense that they would go to the strength of this draft which by far to me is the cornerback class it's offensive linemen and cornerbacks if you need one of those guys this is a good draft for you. Yeah. 
So pick 12 belongs to the Eagles, and Nick Yelich once again from Head Stats and Stats makes a pick. And with the 12th pick, we see the third wide receiver come off the board. Wide receiver Devontae Smith from Alabama, the Heisman winner, becomes an Eagle. What do you think, Max? Um, I think this is right on par. I, I think it's either if, if one of the top three is on the board, I think they're, they're going with one of the top three. Um, maybe they go corner. Uh, I think sure. those are the two positions right now. It's it's either corner or it's or it's uh it's one of those top three receivers. Um, depending on how the board falls, um, and the way it did here, I think Devontae Smith makes easily the most sense for them. Uh, I don't know if they'll care about the weight issues, but I think I think it's a home run. Yeah, it, it special player. Um, gonna be unique in the NFL if he ends up being a huge success because his height to weight ratio. Pound for pound, he's the smallest guy in the NFL. Yeah, which is saying a lot because Cole Beasley's five foot eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got a little mass to him at least. So yeah. So the Eagles go with a dire need there. Yeah, obviously cornerback was another dire need, but they they stay with the uh, wide receiver and offense, and they and they keep feeding their um, you know unproven quarterback in, with more weapons here. So. Let's move to pick 13, the L.A. Chargers, and the Chargers selected. This is from Brandon Rogers from a Colts fan in Bill's land. He was so happy to have the Chargers. He wanted them, so I gave him the Chargers, and at pick 13, he gets Rashawn Slater. What a steal. What a steal. Waits the whole draft. Brandon doesn't get to make any picks. Everyone else is having fun. He's sitting along. No one wants to play it, Brandon, and all of a sudden it's his turn to make a pick, and he crushes it. Yeah. Crushes it. Matt, uh, your co-host, what do you think of his pick? I think he did a fantastic job here. Uh, what was one, one of the biggest things said when Phillip Rivers went over to Indianapolis? Oh, right. Best all li- offensive line he's ever played with. Correct. Now you have a potentially generational talent in Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be one of the greats over the – I think he's one of the elite quarterbacks over the next four – you know few years i think i really think he has the potential for that nobody expected it protect him right you would just watch what happened to joe burrow last year without an offensive line all right you could have taken that injury could have taken a few years off of joe burrow's career hopefully not because i think he's really great too um but let's protect joe let's protect herbert and uh give him the time to make decisions because that was they didn't lose a lot of games because of Justin Herbert last year, but the few, no. te- you know, he did make some rookie mistakes where um, his just his pocket collapsed. It's like, what, what do you want me to do? So help him. I I, I love it, especially Rashawn Slater is one of the top uh, ranked offensive linemen as well. So yep. I'm I'm here for it. Char- if if the chart I if the Chargers go that route, I think it's a it's a it's a very good pick. Yeah, and they and they had a luxury with Justin Herbert. Um, coming into a team that already had such a, a great running back and Eckler, great receivers on the outside and Mike Williams. Yeah. So, yeah, the dominant, dominant uh, performance last year as the rookie of the year on offense. Um, so The only other thing I could see them going is defense, maybe some secondary stuff. Their sure. secondary got blown up a little sure. bit last year. But, um, but I, I yeah, I'm, I'm all on board with Rashawn Slater here. So pick 14, the Minnesota Vikings, I made this pick. They sit tight and uh, don't have to do anything, and they just let the second-best tackle 
Rashawn Slater's a, a do-it-all. You could play him at guard. You could play him at center. Sure, you could probably play him at tackle. Not sure where the Chargers end up using him, but Christian Derrissaw is a tackle, and the Minnesota Vikings are totally fine with taking a true tackle and probably playing on the left side. Time will tell. Uh, Max, your opinion on the Virginia Tech uh, offensive tackle, Christian Derrissaw? I like Darisaw a lot. Uh, I think Darisaw has so much ability. There are some frustrating parts on his tape where you see him uh, against like some of the lesser opponents. He played Liberty, I think, in 2020 it was, and he he kind of just like he kind of turnstiled a bit, and but he wasn't doing that against his best opponents. So I think there was a little bit of uh, competitive toughness questions there with him. Uh, but I think I think that's a home run for you. I, I, I think that the Vikings are getting a great player, especially if they're keeping Ezra Cleveland at guard, which is another big debate for the Vikings right now is whether they're going to keep Ezra Cleveland in the draft of last year. Uh, I believe it was in this was in the second round. Um, if they're going to keep him at guard, uh, if they're going to keep him at guard, I think Darius has a great pit. I think he's a great pick for them, and I would be you wouldn't bet an eye on it if they actually did on draft day. Right. So if, if the picks are swapped, if it's Derisaw to the Chargers and then Slater ends up going to the uh, Vikings, it might be a little more of a uh, question mark is exactly where uh, Slater would end up sliding in. But th- you do not move Derisaw. He's one of the only true, true offensive tackles, just a rare combination of size and athleticism along with that the, the arm length and everything and – such, he's got such a great base under him. So I'm a big fan of Darius, so a big fan. Uh, pick 15, the New England Patriots not able to move up the board to go get one of the quarterbacks. So they are left with the best linebacker in the game in this draft is uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State. It's selected by our own Ryan Holt Bailey of Two Point Conversation and Processing the Process. Ryan was working the phones, but he could not pull off anything, mostly because no one wants to play with the Patriots. <laughs> go away, Patriots. We're not trying to help you find the next Tom Brady. Just go away. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted New England to take a quarterback, but obviously with the way this this draft unfolded, uh, yeah, linebacker is appropriate, right? The defense has been the strong point. Defense kept him in games last year. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, well, the, Bill Belichick is the, pretty much the Patriots. They just spent this last offseason just you know, so far. I mean, it's only been a month and a half or so, just completely reinvigorating their offense, right? They got two of the best tight ends in the free agency market. Um, so I like them going defense in the draft. I think we talked about this last time I was on processing is that, you know, yeah, they're, I think they're okay on offense, you know, this is going to be Cam Newton's last stand. If he can't make it work with this team, right. Goodbye. QB one anywhere, yeah. uh, unless some, something else happens unfolds, but uh, yeah, keep that defense strong. Same thing with like the, the Daniel Jones and giant situation. You gotta, you gotta give cam an opportunity to win your games. And it, I don't know, this defense is really, really good. Um, you're getting a lot of returning opt-outs, which I think is important. I think Micah Parsons obviously being the best linebacker. He's a, he's going to come in and start right away and probably be a difference maker. So all for it. Perfect. Pick 16, the Arizona Cardinals do go cornerback, as many people have mocked. 
uh, we do as well in this um, mock draft that we did. And they take cornerback Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Greg Newsom, the freaky 40 time, ran in the uh, 438. He's uh, got good size at 6'1. Uh, let's see where he was selected by. Who selected him? Pick 16. Below. Oh, Derek Jaws once again was back on the clock here. So what are we thinking, Max? Is this is this a, a home run pick or pretty close to? I am high on uh Newsom, so I think this is a great pick. Uh, I'm sorry, this was actually I Brandon. I gotta I gotta correct this. That was Brandon Rogers, my bad, <laughs> from Colts fan. <laughs> Go ahead, Max. Um no, no, you're good. Um, I think I think this is a great pick. I, if you have concerns with Farley, I think that Newsom is perfectly fine. I think you can slot him up. I have him closer to in the tier of Sertain and Horn and Farley, um, as opposed to the second grouping of like Asante Samuel and Eric Stokes and players like that. Um, I think Newsom's fantastic. I think he's a he's a pure playmaker. He's got the mentality you're looking for at the position. I think you. You throw him in that man that man dominant scheme, and you can you can have it work very well for you. I think he plays as well as he tested. Uh, he's a, he's a, a he's fiery as a tackler. He's very willing to do so. Um, and and at Northwestern, like the biggest concern for me is durability. Just like similar to Caleb Farley, but it's more of a um, the fact that he's injured each each of his seasons at Northwestern rather than one bad significant injury. 14 miss, uh, missed games for Greg Newsom. Yep, yep. So he missed games in each of his each of his seasons at Northwestern, which is is a concern. Um, but I'm a big fan when he is on the field. I'm a huge fan of his game. I I think he's got what it takes to be that that corner one that they're they're uh, they're kind of missing right now with Pat P headed over to the Vikings. Yep. Uh, team we just talked about. Uh, so I think this is a great pick for them. I another team where it just corner seems it seems destined for corner uh whoever it is whether it's farley or it's um or it's newsom and i think newsom's great so i'm i'd be happy with it if i were if i were a cardinals fan after that pick yeah uh so here's Derek jaws's pick he had the las vegas raiders with the 17th pick the raiders select safety trevin morig uh from my take this is the first big reach of the class and I'm not even sure if I totally understand the fit. Um, I'm a big fan of Trevin Morrig, but there's so many issues on the offensive line. Tevin Jenkins was still available. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker is still sitting out there. Uh, very, very interesting pick from Derek Jaws here. Uh, thinking outside the box though. And he takes a, a very talented safety, but, uh, maybe not one of a bigger need for the Raiders, but what do we think, Matt? Is, is this okay, or are we? Uh, I think it's okay. I think it's yeah. a very Raiders pick, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> that may not be a good. Uh, pick, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have such mixed feelings. I don't have mixed feelings at all. I, I just don't get how the Raiders just can't figure it out. Um, they did shop away their offensive line, so you know, it, th- there are plenty of potentials. Who knows what kind of you know if there's going to be some kind of trade. Um, and happens, but uh, you know, I, another fan of Derek Carr, and I'm a big fan of Derek Carr and what he can produce. And yes, you, one, you have to protect him, but also two, your defense has to allow you uh, to. That, that's I mean, I've said that this is my third time saying that, but 
Um, Raiders defense didn't do him a lot of favors last year. I'll tell you that much. The injuries kind of mounted up a little bit. You just started to see the Raiders season unravel like you have the last two um, two years. So right. maybe a bit of a reach. There's no doubt about it. It's a very Raiders pick, um, but I think it would be okay. I think it would be okay. So then with pick 18, Andrew Lenz comes back up to the podium for his beloved Miami Dolphins, and he selects running back Najee Harris from Alabama, my RB1. Love Najee Harris. Don't love him at 18. I don't love any running back at 18. But, Max, if you were to make the case for Najee Harris going at pick 18 to the Miami Dolphins, what, what do you say about it? Uh, I'd say that they do need a, they do need a dynamic running back. They're missing a real RB one. I mean, you're, you living with, uh, Miles Gaskin, Salman Ahmad last year, which is fine. Uh, those are fine players as depth. I don't think you want them to be your starting running back, even in a league that really does not prioritize running back anymore. Um, so I think running back is a virtual lock for the Dolphins in the, in the first two rounds. Uh, I don't know if 18, I think they'd like to trade back from 18 if they're going to do so, uh, if possible. Right. Uh, and I don't think that they will actually pick one at 18. I think it, if they can't move back, I think they'll pick another position. Like in, like in Aziz Ojolari, for instance, would be a fantastic fit in this defense. Um, or any of the edge rushers, honestly, they, they need some edge help. Um, and none of them are off the board at this point. So um, I get it. And, and Najee Harris is a dynamic player, is a pass catcher. He's a fantastic pass catcher. He's not the, he doesn't give you the most juice in this class by any means, but he is a fantastic pass catcher. He's a guy that's going to tote the rock very often for them. And he's going to be useful in their offense. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm just not sure I do it so early at 18. I get that. And it was the pass catching was a nice thing to have him kind of come along slowly. It was nice to have him uh, add that to his game. It's something I heard that he worked hard at. And the, my favorite thing about Najee Harris, he's a team first guy, 100%. Mm-hmm. Th- two examples. One, he goes all the way to the senior bowl knowing that he doesn't need to be there. But he goes there because he wants to support any of the Alabama players that are there. And he wants to make sure that the other running backs in the class, um, he can give them a little, you know, tidbits here and there because he was, you know, he, he was there all four years of Alabama, which is a little rare for running backs to stay four years. But Najee stayed there, did his time, and he, he seems like a class act. So, and the, and the other thing that he did, was um, all he did was hype up his teammates when asked about, you know, his success and everything like that. And that's all he ever wants to talk about. Team first guy, I think he's a home run pick as far as a character guy. So building in that locker room totally makes sense to add a guy like that, at least from the character aspect. Uh, Pick 19, we got the Washington football team. And Matt from men's locker room made this pick. And Matt goes with linebacker Zavin Collins from Tulsa. So, Matt, your opinion on Matt's pick. <laughs> uh, Zavin Collins, is he's interesting in this draft class because no one knows exactly where to play him. Right. He, is he an edge guy? Well, he hasn't played edge. Is he a, a outside linebacker in a 3-4? Well, he doesn't tip he doesn't have the exact measurables for that either he's a a weird tweener that i would love to see fall to the 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 most creative mind but at least in this aspect he falls to one of the more talented defenses right and i mean 
if there's any, yeah, there's a lot you can disguise in this defense, right? As far as, you know, if his growing, some of his growing pains that he may face coming up to the NFL, uh, being a part of that front, that front seven, like that Washington front seven is, was fantastic last year. They're not going to the postseason if that front seven wasn't as good as it was. And you get a, uh, you know, you get a, a, a an incredibly talented, uh, excuse me, linebacker in David Collins, and you're just adding to it. I, personally, I think Washington here, like, let's work on the offense, maybe offensive line. But, again, like, strengthen what you're good at. Keep it, you know, keep it competitive. Bring in these young guys. We're going to push some of the vets, and, and you're going to get the best out of that team. And, you know, I think a really good defense is going to win you the NFC East again this year. I, I really, truly do. So stack it up. I'm here for it. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Zavin Collins is one of my favorite line. Um, just defensive players in this draft. I also don't know exactly where to play him, but uh, I, I know one thing that whoever gets him is getting a guy that loves to compete. It's the number one thing I hear about Zavin Collins. So he will get a very good chance there with Ron Rivera and the Washington football team to get on the field and compete. Uh, number 20 in the draft, the Chicago bears, man, is there any position they that they could take that anyone would go, I don't see that? Nope, because they're that bad. <laughs> uh, making Of all the teams that made the playoffs, uh, they should not have. They should not have. So this pick was made um, and then uh, announced by our good friend Andrew Lenz, the offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. The, the intelligent man bear? I don't know how to describe him. He's he's a guy that Ryan loves to say he he wants to do your homework and he's going to beat you up in order to do it. Yes. <laughs> I finally seen a picture of him yesterday. Yeah. And uh and uh wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a guy. Yeah. <laughs> extremely smart but extremely tough uh Tevin Jenkins. An early, uh, uh once again another late riser in this draft process Max. Um what do you think here? Did, did the Bears do the right thing by uh going offensive line? Yeah, so we talked about um, we talked about how I was the assistant GM for the Bears, uh, and I was working on the phones to try to get up in the top ten for a quarterback. Uh, and I do think that that's a reality on draft night. I think that they will they will be working the phones to try to get up in the draft and see if they can get one of those quarterbacks if one of falls. Um, but for the case for the sake of picking at twenty. Tom Jenkins is a home run for this team. I mean, I think that this team needs an identity shift. They need they need a, a culture change. Uh, they're kind of in they're we know that they're in QB purgatory right now. The addition of Tom Jenkins just makes you just changes your team's dynamic. He's that nasty and he's that he's that physical and he plays with that tenacity that you want in your offensive lineman. I think this would be a home run pick and this is if the Bears are hoping to turn around in any sort of fashion. This is a pick that does it. If you're not getting one of the top quarterbacks, this is absolutely a pick that does it for me. I really like this pick. I agree. This was my favorite pick um, of uh, of the mid-round, or not mid-round, but uh, mid-first round picks. I was like, man, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, just bring, brings an attitude that the Bears need to get back to. The, the the monsters of the midway, am I right, Matt? Like, Get get back to that. Yeah. Uh, defense. That, that. Listen, the Bears have been around for a hundred over a hundred years now. They yeah. still can't figure out a quarterback. <laughs> Just keep with the defense. Right. So pick twenty one belongs to Matt's Indianapolis Colts and his co host, Brandon, back on the board. 
and he selects defensive end Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Hail Matt. Your thoughts? I am moist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, if if Chris Ballard doesn't trade back, which I think he will. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, yeah, you want an edge rusher. That's the biggest concern right now for the Colts, right? They have some depth at offensive line. Chris Ballard said today he thinks he can get a, a day one starter in the second round. Uh, cornerback situation is okay. It's edge rush. That's what they need. You know, I've been okay with Jalen Phillips, but if Quiddy Pay falls to 21, hell yeah, take that. Yeah. All day. Great pick on, on Brandon's part. Um, there's no reaching there. That's just fall. I think that in my personal opinion, that's just kind of falling into your lap. So, yep. This is the spot where as a Bills fan, once, once we get past the bears or even at the bears pick, I am getting in the phone and I'm calling just to see, can, can I get in here? Cause <laughs> I kind of like Jalen Phillips or Quiddy pay or, you know, Ojolari. Like I, I want to get on these guys. These guys are pretty good and I have a pretty decent need at edge rusher. So, uh, nope, the Colts would definitely turn that down and say, nope, we'll just see you in the playoffs and uh, hang up the phone and then uh, pass it on to the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) And the Tennessee Titans think way outside the box, but they hit a position that I think they desperately need. They take wide receiver Rondale Moore from Purdue. Uh, This pick was made by Austin Elm. Austin, once again, thinking a little uh, outside the box here. I like it, though. Um, Adding some creativity on that offense that I think they desperately need. Max, your thoughts on Rondell Moore going this high in the draft? Uh, I think it's a little early, I, but that's okay. Like that for the sake of what we're doing here, I think that it's important to talk about like situations such as this. I mean, this is a team that they drafted AJ Brown, and he was known as a yak receiver, a big yak receiver, and they love what they got out of him. Obviously, he's the receiver one there right now. They've gotten more than what they bargained for as a second round pick. He's terrific with the ball in his hands, and that's that's partially what Brian Tannehill means. Um, I think Rashad Bateman is a terrific fit in this team as well. If if they, I think that receiver is very very likely in the first round. But I think Rashad Bateman is a terrific pick for them. Um, a guy like Elijah Moore is also a good fit. Rondell Moore, uh, he's five seven. He's a five seven ball of muscle that is about as explosive as anyone you're going to find this class the problem with him is his injuries he hasn't been able to stay on the field and everyone remembers him from his 2018 season where he absolutely lit up the Bay 10 as a freshman and he did that against Erwin Myers Ohio State team where he went for over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns he absolutely killed them in that game that was one of that's it's a 2018 tape that's about as impressive as a receiver tape as you're ever going to find problem is he can't stay healthy and he's had some pretty serious issues with injuries and he's five seven so where does where do you take that guy I don't know but if you're betting on that talent with that explosiveness and you've you've seen from his pro day he has not lost that explosiveness he's still running in the four threes and he's still jumping 40 inches in the vertical like he he hasn't lost that explosiveness despite injuries uh Rondale is such a wild card to me in this class. I just don't know where, where teams are going to pick him based on his injury history and what we know about teams having limited access to uh, to medicals this year and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But Rondale, if they do want to, if they're looking to go with that yak route and continue on just building on their 
they're yak gods they have on their team. And they, they lost a guy like John Smith, who was a, a great yak player. Uh, Moore does make a lot of sense. He might be more of a second round target than first. Uh, but I do, I, I like the outside the box thinking. I think, I think he's a, he's a little ball of explosion is basically what you would call him. I like that. I like the descriptor. Uh, Matt Johnson, <laughs> you were back on the clock and you selected for the New York Jets a dire need in lots of ways. Uh, you took Travis Etienne. I did. I did. It is a dire need. I don't know what running backs they have signed to the roster. Uh, the Jets do. I, I don't know. Frank Gore's, you know, he's floating around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, obviously the Jets have a lot of needs. I think defense, they're a little bit more, and trust me, a li- just a little bit more sound than they are on the offensive side of things. They need some kind of foundation, a proper run game is going to open things up for Zach Wilson to pass to Rashad Perriman or, or, <laughs> or you know, who, whoever they're throwing to at wide receiver. I, I know you're not a big fan of any, any of these running backs going in the first round, but they're, I, I, just, I just think it's a very Jets pick. I think it's appropriate uh, for what they, what, what they need. Yeah, you know they have a chance to really get some foundational pieces for their starting offense, not just their team, but right. their starting offense this upcoming year in this draft. And I think looking at any other position right right here at twenty three is um, maybe maybe a little bit misguided. But obviously, I'm not an NFL GM. Uh, but yeah, I was very okay with Travis Etienne here. Yeah, Robert Sala coming over from San Francisco, you could see the ideology you know, kind of carrying over from the Shanahan days yeah. with him in, in with San Francisco. Right. That run game defined San Francisco's team. It opened things up. It took, I mean, it. I don't know. I wouldn't say appropriate, officially like less pressure off Jimmy Garoppolo, but yeah. I, I think if you have a strong run game, you're getting one of the top running backs in this draft. Yep. Yeah. You're going to be okay. You're, you're going to be okay as an offense. So. Yeah, you're going to put in your young quarterback and a good way. There's two ways of, of helping a young quarterback. You can either have uh, a strong run game or a, a good uh, dump-off kind of guy in a, a tight end. And guess what? You're not finding one at this pick. You know, there was only one in this first round. So going Travis Etienne here made a lot of sense. And Steelers fans are pissed at pick 24. They they saw Etienne just waiting there for him. And they were like, oh, man, here he comes. This will be the guy that takes the offense to the next level. But instead, they have to pivot, and they go to cornerback Caleb Farley. And I like this pick a lot. I think it's a great steal. Um, what do you think, Max? Is 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 it worth uh, still taking Caleb Farley in the first round, even with all the concerns and the medicals? Yeah, I mean, I, he would, based on film alone, he'd be – he'd probably be he's quarter one for me yeah uh i think that he's about as dynamic as an athlete is gonna find and what virginia tech asked him to do was ridiculous uh and he probably should never even been put in those positions he's playing he's essentially playing one third of the field and they're rolling safety to the other side just so he can lock down one side of the field it's He's putting ISOs and safeties aren't rolling over the top to help. He's just, he's by himself and he's locking dudes down consistently. Um, The back injuries are the problem with with the two consecutive back surgeries since we've seen him last play on the football field. Uh, But 
to me, if you're a Steelers fan, this is like a dream scenario because Joe Hayden's getting up there in age. Uh, you have you have a need here. I know they have uh, Cameron Sutton, who they actually like a lot. Um, but to me, I don't know. Farley's Farley's too hard to pass up of a talent for me here, uh, especially with all the running backs off the border. I know the running back makes a lot of sense, but if you're a Steelers fan, I think you should be really happy with this pick. To be honest, uh, this is if he does end up working out and there's no the injury concerns are end up being diminished in the NFL. I think you're getting a, a true number one corner with lockdown potential and all pro potential. I agree. He is still my CB one, despite all the medical yeah. reviews. Just can't yeah. can't deny what he's accomplished already on the field, and only having two years of of playing cornerback. So he was a yeah. late transition uh, in the collegiate. Um, uh, process. So, yeah, Kale Farley goes to the Steelers. Uh, then we have another trade, and just so you all know, uh, we pulled this off well before um, the Baltimore and Kansas City trade came down. Uh, so, at pick 25 here, we see the Jacksonville Jaguars trade for Orlando Brown, and that made a lot more sense to me than what, what ends up happening in real life of Kansas City. Why would you ever help Kansas City find another <laughs> offensive lineman? What are you doing, Baltimore? Uh, instead, I, I love this for Jacksonville. It's a great use of the, the 25th pick. Uh, you, you saw so many of the other offensive linemen get plucked. You're, already, you're now into a new t- another tier offensive lineman. You don't want to reach so what do you do? You think outside the box and you go after and you target a potential Pro Bowl left tackle in Orlando Brown who finally gets to go play his position for Jacksonville. Matt, your thoughts? Uh, trade is solid. Uh, the trade's solid. I'm okay with Baltimore um, taking this, and then they obviously end up drafting uh, defensive end Jalen Phillips. That's fine. What are you going to do? Draft a wide receiver for Lamar Jackson overthrow? I don't think so. Keep that defense. Jim Harbaugh. Or, yeah, Jim. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Too many damn Harbaugh's. Uh, <laughs> John, Jim, John Harbaugh. Is it John? Oh, it is John. John Harbaugh. It is John. Okay, you're right. Um, <laughs> John Harbaugh, excuse me, is, uh, you know, defensive-minded. The Bal- Baltimore Ravens have had one of the best defenses, I think, since he's ca- – well, kind of historically, um, but definitely over the last – since, you know, under his tenure – I'm uh, yeah. Just keep bolstering that defense again. Yep. It's it's given opportunities. It, it, it's kind of in the same light. Like we're Buffalo. It's like, do you really want to take a running back and waste his time? Uh, you're not going to use him the way that probably should be. It's the same with a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. for for, for in, in Baltimore's sake, I mean. So I get you. Yeah, go defense. Yeah, so Baltimore takes the best defensive end on the board, Jalen Phillips. And that is defensive end one for me. Uh, so great steal at pick 25, in my opinion. So then we will go to pick 26, made by our own Matt Johnson. The Cleveland Browns finally get to make a pick here. Sitting tight. Not used to this. They're all, Cleveland fans are like a little weirded out because they're like, how come we haven't made a pick yet? Oh, that's right, because we actually won games last year. Our we, coach is back. We, we don't have to get a new quarterback. Yeah, like this, it's working. It's working. So how do they keep this going forward? Well, they keep it going forward by staying with what is a true strength of the team, and they take linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame to fill in at wherever you want to play him. Max, 
what do you think? Is he a linebacker for them? Is he a safety for them? Where where are they plugging him in? They don't really need a safety, so I guess he's playing line yeah. linebacker. Yeah, I think if this is the uh, the team he goes to, I think he has will have to play stack linebacker. Um, Denzel Ward's your slot guy. I don't I don't think you want to pull him off the field at all. And I think I think he's one of the more dynamic slot guys in the NFL. Ideally, you want him staying there. Um, so I think he would play stack linebacker in this team. I think it's I think it's an okay team for him to play stack linebacker. I think there are some some uh there's limitations from size and uh his ability to shed blocks um and i think that he should be more of a nickel a big a, a nickel player on uh, an nfl or an overhang i don't i don't know if i want to play him as a stack but if there was a team uh the two teams i would play him as a stack are with the browns and the and, and washington um because of their defensive line strength and because they can hold up blocks and and uh and I think that Owusu Kormo is a guy that you want running and chasing. You don't want him attacking blocks and shedding blocks. Right. Um, so I, th- I, th- I think this is a, I think this is a cool. I mean, I like this pick. It's cool. I don't see it ever. So I, I think it's a cool pick. I I think Owusu Kormo is just a guy you, you you find a way to get him on the field no matter what. He's just he's so dynamic as a playmaker and. He's so natural in, in that aspect. You either mm-hmm. pl- you play him at stack or you play him in the nickel, and I don't think I don't think it's as easy as projecting to playing on the roof in their defense. But um, if they are going to use him, because the fact that the Browns signed John Johnson this offseason, they traded for Ronnie Harrison last year. Right. They have Grant Delbit coming back. Like this is a team that's pretty loaded at safety. So I think this is a team that's 100 percent drafting with a linebacker. If if uh, this is the team that's picking him, yeah, I I. Love this when this pick came down from Matt. It was a great job of thinking outside of the box, but at the same time not letting the best player available to slip any further. It it just didn't make any sense to let him slip any further. Figure you'll figure out a way. He'll get on the field, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Offensively, Cleveland sound. So it's like yeah, that's the defense cost him a bunch of games yeah. late, a few games last year. So. So then, pick twenty-seven. The Baltimore Ravens. Our uh, good friend Bryce Benjamin. Uh, pulls off uh, a great draft and as an, uh, another piece of offensive line by taking the best player available on the board still. Elijah Vera Tucker goes to Baltimore here at pick 27. Matt, what do you think? Elijah Vera Tucker makes sense, right? You want to run the ball? Add to the offensive line. Absolutely. I mean, you just, I mean, in, in, in reality's sake, you just lost Orlando Brown. Yeah, you know what I mean. Let's 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 get some uh, let's get some dominance, some some top talent, and then offensive line to help search it out. You are a run first team. It's it's the way it is. Yeah, as long as Lamar Jackson's under center, Baltimore Ravens are a run first team. Yep, yep. Protect the trenches. Get you know get it where you need it to be, um, where you can be the top running team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was very okay with uh, Elijah Vera Tucker here. Yeah, they keep adding their strength. It's a it's a good thing to do in this draft. Uh, it's a, something that I I definitely made a mindful um, thought about, which is don't don't let anything that you do well become a weakness. Stay stay good at what you stay good at. Yep. Uh, so then Andrew Lenz here makes a pick for the Saints, and Andrew Lenz um, has the Saints taking Gregory Rousseau defensive end from Miami uh, a little bit of a reach here Max wouldn't you say uh yes I 
I do think it's a reach, but I get it. I he's like this is exactly like the Saints like these kinds of players. Like this is Cameron Jordan essentially. This is who you want. This is yeah. like this is like you'd want him to be Cameron Jordan essentially. Is is what Gregory so is. Uh, problem is he has a long way to go to get there. In my from my vantage point, I think he's a he's a great day two option, but uh, the way he won at Miami just wasn't it's not sound enough for me to feel comfortable taking him the first round, despite the fact that I think he's a very versatile player. I think you can play him inside, inside of five tech. I think you can, you can make a case that you can play out wide and play like seven tech. I think you play him at four. I on, on your defense, and I think he'll be okay. Um, because of his size profile, he's six, 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 seven, 275, 270 pounds. Like he's going to get up to that point. It took him a while to get up there, but uh, he's going to get there. And I think that you can you can rely on him to play those positions. Problem is you have you have to teach him how to be a pass rusher. He's still he's still only winning by pure effort and uh, juice alone. Uh, since he opted out for 2020, really only saw one year or so, uh, which is unfortunate because I think if you saw another year of development with him, he would be a first round pick. But I don't think it's happening uh, at this time. I do think that teams will be enamored with him because of his size profile and what he can bring with a little bit of juice and his effort. And I think he does have a good head on his shoulders. I've seen a bunch of interviews of him uh, talking with a lot of respected media guys. He does sound like a really well-rounded kid and I hope he does succeed. I, I just, I can't, I don't know what the path is for him. And for that, I can't take him in the first round, but he is like, this is, an interesting fit because I do think if you want him to succeed, I think Cameron Jordan is an interesting uh, comparison. Yeah, a, a good guy to have in the locker room with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very polar opposites between uh, Rousseau and Jalen Phillips. Whereas Rousseau, while they're the same length and and or similar length and similar weight and everything, that Jalen Phillips is slight years ahead of him with hand usage just the understanding of leverage and counters and just how to use his body. Right. Once Rousseau figures it out, if it happens and light goes on. Yeah. You, you could see a totally different player than, than what we are seeing right now from Craig Rousseau. Uh, pick 29, the green Bay Packers, our good friend, Eddie Jesse from the two point conversation and his glorious robe that we all got <laughs> to see. Uh, he comes into the room and, uh, after waiting around forever from pick four to pick 29 and he makes the pick here for the Packers. And I think he crushed it. Crush. I told him so in the ch- group chat uh, at pick 29 wide receiver Kadarius Tony from Florida goes to the green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers finally gets oh wide receiver. What Matt? Yes. In this alternate reality. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think maybe go quarterback or no. no. Uh, <laughs> yes, finally uh, taking them long enough. I know uh, as of today, Monday the twenty sixth, uh, Packers general manager said that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their guy. So let's appease him. Should have never went with Jordan Love last year. I, I don't know what the point of that was. Yeah, I still nobody knows what the point of that was um, to get that last year. Yes, get this man a first round wide receiver. Devontae Adams is probably probably one of the best wide receivers in the game, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Needs help, though. Aaron Rodgers has done a good job of elevating talent, right? Robert Tunyon. Um, uh, Scant- is it Scantling? 
Yeah. Scantling, I think there's one more that he's he's, he's really kind of helped elevate. Um, let him elevate a, wide, a, a, a first round wide receiver. Yes, I'm all for this. I'm all for this. Uh, Green Bay, it's it's hard to say, like. I don't want to say their offense is predictable, but you kind of know who Aaron Rodgers is going to feed the ball to. Sure. This mix this could mix some things up a little bit for him. So yeah, uh, Darius Tony uh, gives you a little bit of position flexibility. Uh, played outside, but more than easily can can uh, slide into the slot. Um, maybe not the the easiest guy to, um, to say that we'll get off the line well, but I, I do think that Tony's only scratching the surface of what he can be as a wide receiver. Uh, what Blake, Blake quarterback uh, was brought into Florida as a quarterback and converted to wide receiver. So once again, another guy that hasn't been playing his position all that long. Actually, Kadarius Tony supposedly has a stronger arm than even Kyle Trask because uh, Tony likes to tell everyone, I can chuck it 70 yards. So maybe some trick plays in the works for Green Bay going forward. That takes us to pick 30, the Buffalo Bills own pick 30 and our own Ryan Holt Bailey, the birthday boy uh, back on the 23rd, uh, wanted this as a birthday gift, so I gave it to him. And uh, with that, he crushes it by taking defensive end Aziz Ojolari, defensive end from Georgia. Max, your thoughts? So I just did a spotlight on Aziz Ojolari for Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, you can go check that out at buffalorumblings.com. Uh, I think it kind of boils down to what's if the Bills truly have a threshold for uh, defensive linemen or defensive ends specifically. Uh, they've signed guys recently like Mario Addison and, and uh, Quentin Jefferson to play defensive end, um, as well as uh, drafting AJ Epinesa. These are jumbo ends, right? These are these aren't these aren't speed. He wasn't categorized. These guys as speed rushers per se. Um, at their size, about 270 pounds, each of these guys when they were drafted or signed. Uh, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, not Russo. Uh, Ojolari weighed in at 249 at his pro day. Um, but if you turn on the tape, I really don't think, like, I get like I get that teams have thresholds, but this is a player that I think can play in a 4-3. Um, there might be some teams that think he's a 3-4 outside linebacker because of his size. Um, but his run defending is stout. He's super competitive against the run. Uh, just watch like the Alabama game, Alabama yeah. in 2020. He stood Deontay Brown up multiple times. That's he was, a massive got, man. Brown is a massive, hundred pounds man. on him. He's got a hundred <laughs> plus pounds on him, and he stood him up as a puller in the hole. And he he threw his shoulder at him. He stood him up. He stacked him. He shedded him. And he he for like when teams wanted to run at him and tried to run at him, he just denied it every single time. I really like I really like. Gojolari, like he has his limitations that because of his size, um, but I think he's just I, I truly think he's just scratching the surface. You started to see some flexibility with him that you really didn't you don't see all the time with him. Like you want to see more flexibility in his ankles and you want to see that dip more, but there are some flashes of it. Like you can see like his balance is very good yep. um, for a guy of his size, and the Bills are like are successful with a guy like Jerry Hughes defense right now so yep. why Hughes weighs five more pounds than Ojolar did his pro day so why do we need to shy away from a player like this who can be a dynamic piece of their defense who 
is a speed rusher who changes a bit, bit of their dynamic of what they've had the last couple of years. This is a young speed rusher that they really haven't had. Uh, Jerry Hughes is so is getting up there in age, and even like uh, Mario Addison is up there in age. And these 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 you don't know what you have in AJ Epinesa quite yet. This is a pick that I would feel very comfortable making if I were the Bills. I'm not sure if they will make it because of the threshold thing, like we just talked about. Some teams are just very, very strict about that stuff. Yeah. But to me, I would love Ojolari on the Bills. I think he's an awesome fit, and I think that he brings the mentality. I think he brings the speed element that you want the edge position. And I think he's a very underrated run defender. There's, there's a lot to be said about his run defense compared to some other uh, speed rushers in this class. Yeah. Uh, I'd feel very comfortable in the fourth in, in a four three for Ojolari. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you actually hit some, on something that uh, um, it was something I talked about with Matt when we did the two point conversations uh, defensive breakdown for the draft, and we got to the edge rushers, and I kept harping on the fact of like I don't know why people are scared of him as far as a four three end when all he ever did was put his hand in the dirt. And he never gave you a reason to doubt how he can hold up in the run game. There's never, there isn't any reps that you look at him and go, he clearly can't do it on the next level. The SEC puts out some of the best offensive linemen, you know, year to year to year. And this guy has seen all sorts of shapes, sizes, different talent levels. Ojalari has, has stood up to all of them. He has uh, you know great motor and just burst. And yeah, he's not an outside linebacker facts he's not he's either gonna win as a 4-3 end or he's not that's just the way this is gonna go for him he's either gonna this is he's the position's gonna work out and he's gonna be a good player for someone at the end or he's not gonna be playing in the next five to six years and he'll be out of the league uh pick 31 is still owned by the kansas city chiefs uh in this mock so they went ahead and still went offensive line and they took Wyatt Davis, offensive lineman from the Illinois State. <laughs> Matt, your thoughts? I mean, obviously, it's not a necessary thing now, but at the time before the Orlando Brown trade, yeah. 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 I thought this was a reach when it happened. Because I, I, I'm not too, I'm, you are right. I am not too familiar with Wyatt Davis's name. I don't think I've heard him pass around too much. Maybe a second, probably. What do you think? Like a second? He's a, he's day a second, two. He's a day. He's a day two pick. Day two. Um, now I I don't even have in front of me. Like I don't really know. According to this, who's still left on the board? But um, I mean, offensive line is obviously something that that they need to address. Yeah. You know that they don't have a Kansas City doesn't have a ton of holes, but offensive line was a big concern. Sure. Leading up into this uh, this off season. Yeah. This free agency period. So. Um, I was okay with it, even at a at a depthy pick. Uh, I was I was very much okay with it. So yeah, you're definitely in the range of that. You have now gone past any what teams would grade as a a round one. So anyone taking probably somewhere between picks, say pick twenty four, twenty five on, you're now in the in the second round grade players. It's right. just that's just the way it is. You're you're not going to find anyone to trade up. Everyone's just going to sit tight. You know, you get this far down, and it's going to be tougher to find people to trade up unless you have someone that is loaded with picks, and that will lead us to Mr. Relevant, the last pick in the draft, owned by the Super Bowl-winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they sent pick 32 to the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I did this. This is all me. 
I wanted this to happen. So I, I kind of made it happy with Andrew. I was like, please make this happen. <laughs> so he sends pick 36 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they moved on four spots and they get an extra third round pick next year. That's it. That's all they get. But in fact, if you go through the draft value chart, that's exactly what it should be. You should be getting a third round pick. Um, in this scenario, I guess Miami didn't feel comfortable giving away a third round pick this year. So Miami with that pick takes Joseph Asai, defensive end from Texas. And Max, close this up here. The last pick of the, the first round being the hybrid tweener Joseph Asai. Very big effort guy. Not a lot of tools, but definitely athletic. Crazy athleticism out of Joseph Asai. But I don't know. What do you think of this? Uh, I like it. I, uh, we don't really hear Osai's name thrown around much the past like month or so, but this is a player, I think he's a three, four outside linebacker, unlike Ojalar, even though, uh, they are very similar in size. Yeah. I think Osai is very much plays more like a three, four outside linebacker. Um, and I see him mock to the bills a lot. So, and I just don't see it. I don't think he can play for it to the end. Um, but I do think this is a good pick for the Dolphins because the Dolphins are very multiple on the front, so they're playing three. They're mixing three, four, and four, three, and they have guys like Andrew Van Ginkle and uh, like an Andrew Van Ginkle, who's like he's a fine player, but like maybe you get a younger, a young version of him and a more dynamic version of him in Osai, uh, who has a insanely high motor. His motor's always going. Uh, he's a very dynamic athlete. Uh, there's a lot he needs. He still needs to work on. I don't good amount of his uh his handwork and stuff um but this is the team that i really like him with uh i hadn't really thought about this fit too much just looking past the first round but i like this one a lot um if osai goes to the dolphins i won't be surprised either whether it's in like in this case we have it in the back back around one but if they take him in round two like i won't be shocked at all i think that'll be a good fit for them yeah um, for, yeah i like that a lot flora seems like the kind of coach i'll figure out a way to use him right right yep. exactly all right so that's it that's the end of the first ever network crossover podcast draft with help from some special friends outside of the network uh most especially um bryce benjamin as well as max owens from buffalo rumblings max the man the myth the legend great stuff today man i knew you would bring it uh, Matt, thank you as well for coming in. Happy to be on, bud. Thank you. Yep. So uh, make sure you guys go and check these out. Um, hopefully you've already listened to the mock draft. If you listen out of order, you're not going to miss anything. Go ahead and go and listen to that too. Um, you know, this is just in a nice company piece for it. So check it out. It was a lot of fun to do. We're going to come back next year and do it again. So mark your calendars, 365 days, give or take from here. We'll back. We'll be back doing this again. And um, honestly, this has been a lot of fun. And without guys like Max and without guys like Matt and all the guys from Hat Stats and Stats and you know everyone else, Bryce Benjamin, great work, guys. Uh, appreciate all of you. Go check out their stuff. Like and share all their stuff on the Facebook pages. Check out the um, you know Matt, Matt, Matt stuff. Um, Van Hooten from uh, Men's Locker Room. Give all the love, guys. Honestly, we're going to keep spreading the love here. Love this time of year. Thanks for checking us out. And until next time, keep on processing that process.
trust the process? Do you respect the process?